Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 17 Hear a just cause, O Lord, attend to my cry. Give ear to my prayer from lips free of deceit. From your presence let my vindication come. Let your eyes behold the right. You have tried my heart, you have visited me by night, you have tested me and you will find nothing. I have purposed that my mouth will not transgress. With regard to the works of man, by the word of your lips I have avoided the ways of the violent. My steps have held fast to your paths. My feet have not slipped. I call upon you, for you will answer me, O God. Incline your ear to me. Hear my words. Wondrously show your steadfast love, O Savior of those who seek refuge from their adversaries at your right hand. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. From the wicked who do me violence, from my deadly enemies who surround me. They close their hearts to pity. With their mouths they speak arrogantly. They have now surrounded our steps. They set their eyes to cast us to the ground. He is like a lion eager to tear, as a young lion lurking in ambush. Arise, O Lord, confront him and subdue him. Deliver my soul from the wicked by your sword, from men by your hand, O Lord, from men of the world whose portion is in this life. You fill their womb with treasure. They are satisfied with children, and they leave their abundance to their infants. As for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. When I wake, I shall be satisfied with your likeness. Job chapter 1, verses 1 through 22. There was once a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. That man was blameless and upright, one who feared God and turned away from evil. There were born to him seven sons and three daughters. He had 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 donkeys, and very many servants said this man was the greatest of all the great of the people of the east. His sons used to go and hold feasts in one another's houses in turn, and they would send an invite their three sisters they would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. And when the feast days had run their course, Job would send and sanctify them, and he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. This is what Job always did. One day, the heavenly beings came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan. The Lord and Satan also came among them. The Lord said to the accuser, "Where have you come from?" Satan answered the Lord, "From going to and fro on the earth, and from walking up and down on it." The Lord said to Satan, "Have you considered my servant Job? There is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil." Then Satan answered the Lord. Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not put a fence around him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But stretch out your hand now and touch all that he has, and he will curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, Very well, all that he has is in your power. Only do not stretch your hand out against him. So the accuser went out from from the presence of the Lord. One day, when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in the eldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, 
The oxen were plowing and the donkeys were feeding beside them, and the, and the Sabaeans fell on them and carried them off and killed the servants with the edge of the sword. I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was speaking, another came and said, The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another came and said, The Chaldeans formed three columns, made a raid on the camels and carried them off, and killed the servants with the edge of the sword. I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another came and said, Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And suddenly a great wind came across the desert, struck the four corners of the house, and it fell on the young people, and they are dead. I alone have escaped to tell you. Then Job arose, tore his robe, and shaved his head, and fell on the ground and worshipped. He said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrongdoing. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 21, verse 34, through chapter 22, verse 6. Be on guard that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness at the worries of this life, and that day does not catch you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all things that will take place and stand before the Son of Man. Every day he was preaching in the temple, and at night he would go out and spend the night in the Mountain of Olives, as it was called. And all the people would get up early in the morning to listen to him in the temple. Now the festival of unleavened bread, which is called the Passover, was near. The chief priests and the scribes were looking for a way to put Jesus to death, for they were afraid of the people. Then the accuser entered into Judas called Iscariot, who was one of the twelve. He went away and conferred with the chief priests and officers of the temple police about how he might betray them to him. They were greatly pleased and agreed to give him money, so he consented and began to look for an opportunity to betray him when no crowd was present. Good morning and welcome to the first Wednesday of Lent. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Walkersville, Maryland. Our readings today come from Psalm 17, Job 1, and Luke 21 and 22. And Satan, uh, in Hebrew, known as the accuser, he has a lot of different names, but uh, and I don't think all the different names are one entity, but anyway, um, <clears throat> Hasatan means the accuser in Hebrew. And I don't know what it is in Greek. I'd have to actually look that up. Um, and Satan's dealings uh, come through pretty strongly. Um, one is uh, with Job, a good man who knows God and um, is in it for God and not for himself. And the other is Judas, one of Jesus' apostles, uh, a regular man, not especially great and uh, not especially bad either. Um, if he were, I don't think that Jesus would have chosen him as a disciple. Um, and clearly he was interested in what Jesus had to say. Um, but there's just this slight, this slight thing that's wrong. And he doesn't quite understand what Jesus is about. Um, and, uh, there's one way to, of reading, you know, the story of Judas as, you know, kind of like John. John the Baptist had a different vision of the good news. And so in Luke 7, John sends 
followers to say, hey, um, are you the one or sh are we waiting for another one? Because, you know, the unspoken thing he's saying is like, you don't look like the one I expected. And this happens after he after Jesus does two things. First, he heals the servant of a centurion. And second, he raises a widow's orphan from the dead. Um, and in, in some accounts, it looks as though he touches this widow's child, which means he's not a Nazarite if he's touching dead bodies. But anyway, um, and so John is like, um, I thought you were supposed to be something different. And Judas, slowly throughout Jesus' earthly ministry, Judas is the one who's upset when a woman breaks a jar of expensive oil and, and washes Jesus' feet with this expensive oil. And Jesus says, or Judas says, we can afford all this. We can afford to feed like a hundred people with the money that that would have that would have gotten us. And he's not wrong, but he's more interested, or he's more like oriented toward this material realm, where it's like, let's just let's just feed everybody, and let's try and you know this social gospel thing, kind of sort of where it's like, think of the good we could do, and he loses sight of the greater good, which is cosmological, right? So yeah, there's a lot of money that that woman put into getting that jar of oil. Um, but Jesus says, you won't always have me with you. You'll always have the poor. You'll always have, you know, if that's your thing, you'll always have a pet project, right? Um, but you won't always have me. And what she's doing is, is greater than um, you can know. And so there are these slight deviations that occur with Judas and with John the Baptist. And what got me actually thinking with the coupling of these two readings is the concept of groupthink and how Satan plays into that or how he's kind of contrasted with that. Um, on the one hand, um, Job's friends, uh, we don't get a sense of now, but if you know the story of Job, you know what I'm talking about. They all, they all are convinced that something that they believe is right. They they believe in something like the 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 prosperity gospel, where if you're good, you can see it because God rewards the good and God punishes the bad. And that's what we want to be true, but it's not true. Not in a world with free will. Um, in the gospel reading, when um, Satan does enter Judas Iscariot, um, but I think that evil is also present in the plot to kill Jesus and the chief priests and scribes, when they uh, get into a certain kind of groupthink or accuse the crowds of being into some kind of groupthink, right? Um, it says they were afraid of the people. And the people there is strongly implied to be Jesus' followers. They were afraid of Jesus' followers, um, which were most people, right? Because he's very popular. And the scribes and the Pharisees weren't. They tried to be something they were not. They they claimed legitimacy, but they were just, you know, appointed. They're supposed to be priests. Are supposed to be hereditary, um, and there were good scribes and there were good priests, but in general, they were they were in bed with power and they wanted power more than they wanted righteousness. Um, and so they they're worried about group thinking Jesus, you know, or Jesus's followers. Um, it made me think that, you know, groupthink isn't in and of itself, it's a bad thing. I mean, that's kind of what happens with the liturgy, like you're all doing this one thing 
and it's to serve the good. Um, but it, I mean, it is groupthink. Um, and so the, the, the contrast here of, of, you know, how we trust ourselves, Job certainly trusted himself. Um, and that was a good thing because he knew in his heart of hearts that he didn't earn what he got that, um, or that he wasn't given what he got just because he was a good person or because he went to church a lot, um, that God gives and God takes away. Um, and that doesn't, you know, God hasn't changed in that, right? God is still given. God has just happened to have taken away. Um, but Judas also is sure enough in himself that he thinks that Jesus is not the one and he is going to participate in in bringing an end to Jesus' ministry. Um, and uh, like groupthink, I mean, you confidence is a good thing. Arrogance is not so much, but I don't know if Judas had arrogance so much as he had misplaced confidence in himself. Um, he, you know, he it was a good it was a good instinct to be like, look, we can feed the poor, and that's good. But there's something, there's just something missing um, that you know he didn't quite understand on his own, and clearly being with the other eleven apostles didn't didn't help him to understand anymore. Um, and I suppose, uh, if I have a one unifying point in these wildly contrasting things, it's a moderation in everything, right? Don't think that, oh, I've got all this great stuff and so I must be great and God must, um, be rewarding me. But also don't think that if God takes it away that it's somehow personal. And on the other hand with Judas, um, he seemed upset that he was wrong. Um, he he didn't quite seem to fathom the fact that he's not God and that Jesus might be. If he's an apostle, he's got the most, biggest case to be made that Jesus is. Um, and so not to think too much of ourselves, but also not to think too little um, and not to follow the group so much that we're wrong, um, but also to follow the group enough in, in uh, believing in and acclaiming um, Jesus is God, and I believe this is after Palm Sunday when this occurs, when you know the people are expecting this Messiah, and even then they they go too far and expecting him to violently overthrow Rome or or the scribes or whatever, um, and so we have to temper what we believe with what we know, and believe uh, and and understand what it means to have belief and faith rather than than certainty or, or arrogance. Prayer for Quiet Confidence from the Book of Common Prayer. O God of peace, who has taught us that in returning and rest we shall be saved, in quietness and in confidence shall be our strength. By the might of your Spirit lift us, we pray, to your presence where we may be still and know that you are God. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. 
You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with HQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.